Welcome, 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 everyone, to Adventures into Reality. I have been off for a short period of time, taking care of some advanced work for my event that's coming up September 3rd and 4th. I am joined by Kathy Ma, my intrepid anchor and co-host. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. I love this show, Adventures into Reality. Thank you all for tuning in. It is a wonderful day. We've all missed you, Andrew. Thank you for having some time before your busy, busy event, (laughs) which we're all looking forward to. Thank you so much for hosting the show and anchoring and keeping everyone into the alignment of getting better into their futures. You have been an amazing light and grace that has come to the show and has done wonderful, wonderful stuff. Ooh, thank you so much. I, I will take that compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and this event is coming up September 3rd and 4th, and I have been deep into ceremony and doing speech writing and doing all of those wonderful living the mystical life daily stuff. Mm, I can't wait for it. It's going to be so exciting. And I look forward to seeing everyone there, as does Debbie. She will also be there, Debbie Smart, who is our co-host on at Charting Your Course on Sundays on Studio B. Very exciting stuff. Really looking forward to it. I really feel I'm ready. I'm ready to be able to learn more about what you have to teach us, Andrew. Some of the stuff that I have prepared for the event is specific about the teachings of the fetus and the mother's womb, clearing out your dream world, and then starting with the fresh slate so you can begin to read the Akashic Record in the sacred neutral perspective. So you can begin to understand what is in our DNA memories, what is in our galactic history from your own perspective to be able to glean knowledge and information in similar ways that Kathy and I does. What we do can be seen as mystical. But when you live the mystical life every day, it isn't mystical. It is simply a source function we are all entitled to. We just must use our spiritual muscles to drive forward the hologram that says what is real and what isn't real. Mm. It must be very difficult for some people, I think, to be able to, to, to discern the real and what's not real. This will be a great time to be able to learn techniques and ways that you can actually find out for yourself what is real and what is not real. Um, Loisa Loha, can you please mute your mic for us? Thank you. So, very exciting day. So you were doing ceremony yesterday. What yes. kind of ceremony does that entail? Can we well, have a little glean? The first thing was uh, getting in into the depths of hypercreation. There's one thing when you guys hear me do radio shows and you do and hear me do readings, that is for a a specific purpose. When I'm going into the hyper creativity of what is going to impact the world not just from the event, the statements and what they do. It, that form of ceremony is to acknowledge the descendants that come to reinterpret the information that we all present in this colloquial language of the now. So it was a, a connection to our descendants, those which are going to be born after us, those seven future generations. And that ceremony was vitally important for me to do so that I can have a deeper understanding of how the future generations are going to be having their time unraveling the information that we all present during this time. It's not just what Kathy presents or I present. It's all presenters in this time. 
Oh, wow. I mean, I don't even know that I would have thought about doing the descendants, the next seven generations. That's quite all-encompassing. Do you find that that really makes you super connected to everything? Yes. One of the ways that I, I read the Akashic record of me, the record is, I've, I've said this quite a few times before, there's a part of me in the North Pole and a part of me in the South Pole. The North Pole is the place of our seven, few, our seven previous generations. That's our ancestral home, home world. And then there's the seven future generations, which are in the South Pole, Aurora Borealis. North Pole, Aurora Borealis is our ancestor. South is the future generations. So there is a piece of me in each place there in non-competition, non-hierarchical order, functioning with the soul family members that are incarnating or reincarnating as the seven future generations or those that are leaving and having their life review with their astral, astral ancestors. There's also a part of me, a second in the future and a second in the patch. Luis, you're going to have to make sure that mute is that mute is mic'd. Um, so there, there is a, a part of me that's North Pole, South Pole, second in the future, second in the past. So one can say, doesn't that separate you and divide you? No, that amplifies everything that I am. It allows the information of the future and the past to have a focus point of collective consciousness creation, which is me, the I am presence and communion and union. So all four of those nodes or parts of myself act as the filter of what is the total presentation of what the Acacia record is. You then duplicate that with me in each and every world that I am, I am reading the Akashic Records for. So there's 20,000 worlds that plus that I'm connected to. So there's a part of me in each one of those worlds doing the exact same function, sending information back to me, the one who's in the colloquial now, who is going to understand what the seven future generations are going to actually hear from these words and how they're going to interpret or misinterpret, digest, not digest, look at or ignore certain values of information. There's one thing I knew when I first came out that I was, in many aspects, 20 years ahead of the material presentation, in other aspects, 100 years. But that didn't put me off in a negative way. It made me understand that there are some very powerful souls on our world now. And being placed here in the now with the capability of reading the Akashic record of this world and 20,000 other worlds simultaneously, there is a soul family that is going to need that information in this master moment of now so they can unlock their own intricacies in their DNA so they can see the bigger scale and size in which they, are, uh, they live on. As many have heard me say, I always challenge everyone on which the scale and size you choose to work at. The information is everything that is just in between the scale at your, your observation in the ability to respond to what you see or not respond, to not fall into polarity, to not fall into disunity and allow anger, hate, or any of the other concepts to pull you out of your perspective, to disconnect from the global infrastructure of distraction and connect into the intergalactic interconnectivity of all that is. Wow. <laughs> it's just amazing that all this can happen and in a moment of time well of course then there's no time but then everything can happen you can access all this information and all these things you know all these energies from the south and the north can all merge together and you can simultaneously know it all i mean it's just 
overwhelming. It's not, it's not know it all. Everything comes in the synopsis. Well, and that's that okay. synopsis. It's it's like reading the back of a uh, of the back pages of a book. Yes, yes. Sorry, I so, used the wrong words. Yes, synopsis it, it, it much better. It comes as a pinpoint of light, and it's like remembering for me. So have you ever just gone back in an old memory? Oh, I remember this. I remember this. Mm-hmm. The pinpoint of light comes, and it's as if it's an instant memory that's generated. Mm. Yeah, okay, I get you. Wow. So when I'm choosing to create the next layers of information that's going to connect to everyone, it's not just you, Kathy. It's not just the people waiting on the call. It's the generations of the past and the generations of the future, because I chose to work at that scale and size. Mm. That means everything I present as the galactic historian reflects that, and that all audience members that are listening, past, present, or future, will also have that signature frequency in them, that they know they're more than they've heard, read, or studied. They know they are better than just a bookkeeper or a yoga teacher, that they're meant for something great, and that the path to the stars is their inner harmony. And the journey to get once again aligned with the moon, the stars, and all of our star brothers and sisters are but the next facts that many of our listeners are going to be facing in their own dream time, in their own physical time, if they've not already encountered them mentally, spiritually, or physically. And I've present, been presented a great challenge. How do we get past our race amnesia? Mm, that is a big challenge. You know, what does science say, say to us? Not much. It says human beings about 26,000 years ago were Neanderthals and everything else is inconsequential. Creationism says 6,000 years ago God created the universe, so on and so forth. We are far older than any of our five major religions or sciences express. We are a spirit species that has been incarnating on this world for 151 million years. And before that, we incarnated on another world and another world and another world, each having a relationship to Earth that has guided us here through a process of spiritual immigration from other universes to here. We are source streams of light that have an emanation point that is, that is a non-localized yeah, scenario. So whoever is speaking in the background, you're going to have to hang up or keep your mic muted. It's very disturbing. So <laughs> there are some intense aspects of trying to understand what is in our presence, in our presence now. Kathy, you've dealt with the unseen world since you were very young to the point it guided you into a career that said the unseen world is going to work with me and I'm going to make a great career out of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Um, and, you know, the unseen world is, I guess, not as mysterious as people might think. If you're willing to listen, you're willing to stay grounded and see or feel or um, access what is going on, what has been going on, what is around you, it's quite fulfilling and it can be daunting only in that you don't quite understand it till you, I guess, get used to it. That, that sounds ironic in a way, but it's, it's very much like that. When you have that realm or that world or that other, you know, behind the, the mist um, 
things that come up for you and that you can suddenly see others. It's almost like, do you want to look? Do you want to know? Do you really, really want to know? Because one of the, the things that I always tell people is when you start looking, when you start seeking for knowledge, when you start looking within yourself, you really have to be prepared for what you are going to see because sometimes what you see is not what makes you um, happy. You might not be happy with it, but it doesn't make it untrue. It's a question of are you ready? Exactly. Are you ready in such a way that you're going to expand your own knowingness, expand your own frequency? And in the ceremony that I was doing yesterday, it came to a point where I was explaining to you, Kathy, that I'm in a process of burning wet wood. Mm. And what that is, I have an intense fire, but the wood that's on top of it was very wet. And all that's coming off is this steam energy that has to be redirected into something else. Steam engines are what drove the world from into industrialization. And in my process now, this steam represents everybody that I've connected with since I decided to come public. And it's all of that energy that's saying, challenge scale and size. Challenge the race memories. And I've been doing it, and you've been doing it. And now the next level is, how much more can I push the envelope? Without, mm. without creating something that can be misunderstood on a galactic scale. Because that is the errors of our species in the past. Creating something at a scale and size that the next seven generations would understand, but the eighth, generations would lose, the eighth generation would lose focus and responsibility to that process. Mm. The responsibility of information. There, there are pieces of information that, if haphazardly spoken about, can create great dysfunction amongst our people. Mm. You know, you don't give a kid a gun. You don't give a kid keys to a car that doesn't know how to drive. All of those responsibility things. There are things in our DNA that, if looked at without the right scoping skills could make us appear to be the monsters of the universe but we aren't we have never been the monsters of the universe mm, that's true it's almost it, it's it can even be simplified down to if you're not ready you can't have these kind of things it's just right. too much power and by power it's just the knowledge itself is power not necessarily anything magical yep yeah yeah, it, it's a very difficult one to come to terms with also because when you're going for it, you sort of have to question yourself, are you ready? How do you know if you're ready? Right. And what I'm doing is, is the world ready? Mm. That's, that's what these ceremonies, that's what these rituals have been about. It's not a judgment factor in any way. It is literally what can we manifest in this language of now, I call it the colloquial now, that everyone can come to a common understanding with. Mm. Yes, the common understanding, that's true. The first one is the common moral code of do no harm. But in that statement of do no harm, does that mean allow no harm? Mm. At what level of harm do you allow around you? We face this in the world every day. That is true. <laughs> Even on a day-to-day, -day, you know, 
mundane basis you come across that every day. Every day. Yeah. And we must challenge ourselves. Well, is that, you know, little dog in the corner that's tied up on a chain going to annoy me or, or is it am I going to send it the love that it needs? So on and so forth. Mm. You know? You know, or or vice versa, you know, driving down the street and you see a kid picking on another kid. Do you stop and say something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fights, all that stuff, wars, all that stuff is going on and around us right now. And that's part of this global infrastructure of distraction. And I realize that I am just one of many voices in the global infrastructure of distraction. But within that voice is the infinite word that has been attracting people to this show over and over and over again. Yes, that's a lot to think about. Well, that's, yes. that, that's the challenge of ceremony when you're functioning with the seven previous generations and the seven future generations with a distinct purpose. Mm, mm. How can we assist in the now? Yes, and what are the limits for the now as well? What right. will we sit by and, and let happen and watch or you know, maybe not much just ignore and what are we going to take action over? Right, and then if the information is so energetic, will it motivate? And will it motivate in such a way that the common moral code of do no harm has the implicate understanding of the mind of what allow no harm is or what level that we allow it? and is allowing harm, not adhering to that moral code of do no harm. Mm. Harm has been in our species memory for a long time. And that is the greatest challenge of our race amnesia. To get to the points where we were doing no harm, where we were the great species of light, the lighthouse of the galaxy, spreading knowledge and wisdom, creating infrastructures of learning, all throughout the multidimensional universe. How do we get our people to see the greatness of who we are when our past simply says we were species of war and hatred and domination and suppression to the point that we are now? Well, you're really invoking lots of deep thoughts for all of us. We're all contemplating, I'm sure. Do we do that? Do we do that? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm just the, going over in my own mind. Those are what goes on in the ceremonies that I do. When you're asking me, you know, what does a ceremony entail? That's the type of subject matter that comes up into my ceremonies. And the guides and guardians that I work with are constantly creating a field of what, say, a challenge. And this challenge is not a hierarchical challenge. It's a, a process of can I commit the brain power in the time of now to encompass and encapsulate a thought construct that our entire species deals with. In the galactic history, I spoke about global dream time unity, a time when the world, both the asleep world and the awake world, the side that's facing the sun and the side that's not facing the sun, would have a micro spark of interconnectivity where we would all be aware of each other in the dream world. Those have been happening every solstice and every equinox now. In this last solstice, we had a very powerful spark of global dream time that is now starting to affect our surface world. We're seeing things like Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, 
the the mistakes that are going on all over the world beginning to reveal the three stooges like process that i've spoken about in shows previous to this years ago stating the news media would fall apart that strong man like trump would come forward and be the three stooges the slapstick comedy that made us look at the system of creation that we have and say it is nothing but a corrupt, nepotistic system that is not serving the whole. That is very deep. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, you, I you, am you, thinking about it. <laughs> you grew up in Australia. You saw you know, that own version of expression, then Hong Kong in America, and all the other places that you've lived. Mm. Yeah, certainly... You know, when you look back at all the places um, of people that have been in power, that want to be elected into power, and that became elected into power, it's an incredible process that goes through with everyone. And so much of it, it, it seems to be not necessarily about what you believe in, what you really strive for. It's more about what you don't want. What you don't want. And that is what the contract revocations are about, is what you don't want in your reality. Mm. All of those things that take away from your mighty co-creative self in this moment of now, to take up the own challenge of the self, to discover your purpose in this world, and to manifest it with as much light as possible that the system cannot value you in such a way that you will be limited here. We are really one book one thought construct, one master joke away from the whole world seeing the illusion we've created. Mm, I hadn't thought of it like that. And that's what I'm trying to encapsulate in the ceremonies. I, I've known this for years. Mm. It's time for me to step up into that thought leader aspect, that mm. thought creator. Am I the only one doing it? No, there's thousands of people that are doing it. I'm just doing it in a scenario that has a radio show, that has teachings behind it, that has the greater mysteries not revealed, but beginning to be explained in such a way that people can take the global of infrastructure of distraction and realize that it's all in encoding for what's going on in our world right now. Mm. So do you think that it would be actually a good idea for people to be doing these kind of ceremonies with these kind of thoughts in mind, with everything that's happening here in this country, like the election coming up? It would be a good process to observe the world and then to take apart its parts mm. and see the parts for what they are and then understand the whole is a sum of its parts. But we aren't seeing the whole as a sum of its parts. So if we're not seeing the whole as a sum of its parts, we're just seeing the whole. Is that what you mean? Correct. But the whole is undefined. It is <sighs> truly a sink, uh, uh, like a sinkhole. It takes our observation. All right, that is our break. And when we come back from the break, we'll take some callers. Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. And remember, for those of you who want a private session with Andrew or myself, 
please contact Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. And for those of you that might have just tuned in and don't know, Andrew is offering a free video series called Living the Mystical Life Daily. He shows you some tools and gives you knowledge about how to have mystical experiences in your everyday life. So sign up for free at andrewbartzis.com. Just put your name and email when you get to the page and you'll receive the first video right away. And then for those of you who'd like to learn more about me, please check out my website, which is kathyspearlsofwisdom.com. That's Kathy with a K. And thank you so much, Andrew, for all that wonderful information. That was really, really interesting. I'm sure that all of us are going to be deep in thought about a lot of that. So we're about to take our first caller, Amalisa. Amalisa, is that right? Hello, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Is it your, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> Hi, Sorry. Uh, Amalia. Oh, Amalia. Amalia. Oh, Amalia. Sabine is my second name. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for calling, Amalia. Where are you calling from? I'm very happy. I'm from Europe, from Romania. Oh, Romania. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in. What sort of questions do you have? I'm very happy to be uh, here with you, and uh, I'm uh, listening to you both uh, for almost two years now, <laughs> two years now, I think. Uh, and I uh, just got through <laughs> um, today on uh, St. Mary's Day, you know, in Orthodox tradition, religious mm. tradition. Yeah. <laughs> a good sign, you know. <laughs> it's a good time to call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a good sign. <laughs> I called you almost every show <laughs> because I listen to you every Monday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. A lovely, good supporter. Always happy to have you <laughs> call in. I'm glad that you got through. What kind of questions do you have today? Oh, lots and lots and lots of questions, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, where do I come from? What is my mission here <laughs> this lifetime? Ah, so you where would like a start? reading with the Galactic Historian. <laughs> All right, so what, what year were you born? 1973. 1973. What month? On Christmas. 25 December. All right, so right away there's something going on with your birth. Yeah. Um, what went on with your birth? What do you know about it? Uh, not much. Do you know if it was a long labor? No, I, I do not know that. So there are times when I read people that I discover things that go on as the fetus in the womb. And in your particular scenario, you chose to come into this particular DNA lineage. But at the same time, you had another part of yourself that was incarnating in another DNA lineage. And that didn't go well. By the time the second version of you was born, the first version of you realized the life that you were going to set up was really going to have major, major issues. And so that other version of you passed on by the time you were three years old, um, which caused great disturbance in your spiritual contracts, your spiritual guides, because you were supposed to meet this other version of yourself and 
And best thing I can say is you were supposed to start a business together that was supposed to do great, create great changes in the place that you were living. Um, do you have something to do with the food industry, creating food? No, only I, I like to be creative in my cooking and I like to cook. It's, it's true. Okay, so your other version of yourself was going to be like an international chef and was going to feature the magic of food. Because food is one of the few places the mystical sorcerer can exist and the simply the system will accept it. It understood that a mother's cheesecake or a mother's perfect soup is always going to be the child's comfort food. And there is specialized magic within that. And this other version of yourself who didn't get to live has now passed on that set of contracts to you. And you have a big, let's just say, confusion that's going on with your higher spirit. It tried to create this master plan. The master plan didn't work right. And for the most of your life, you're now set on a dual purpose, dual path. And you found it very hard to identify with what it is that you're trying to do. When I look deeper into your Akashic record, I go 1730 to 1790, you're living in Amsterdam. Um, you weren't a free person at that time, um, indebted to another family, and you were a master chef then, um, along with a number of other master chefs who were creating cookbooks, and those cookbooks were being sold around the world, and you had no money from that. You were basically indebted to create these books for the rest of your life. And you were able to somehow scrounge up your own money and get on a boat and escape your indebtedness. And you ended up in South Africa. And uh, you knew eventually that the, the, they would come to look for you. So you went deep into the jungles of, of South Africa and to the point you made it to Mozambique, where you met different tribe members that had their own expression of mystical and magical foods that were on the trees. And you began to put together a recipe book of plants and animals that, when combined in the right processes, could heal people of sicknesses and diseases. And I see this process over and over and over in thousands of your lifetime expressions where you discovered animals or plants that could cure sicknesses. But you also discovered that there was a world out there that wanted to militarize or weaponize the plants of our world and i go deeper into your akashic history two million two hundred thousand years ago where the greatest example of this there was a, a plant called yakrama um i'm very hesitant to speak about this plant because it is one of those things that caused massive death in our world and i even got a little bit of tear in my eye talking about it because when this plant became manifested from spirit world to DNA, it had crossed technological perspectives and become, became a mystical plant. And it's something that's extremely rare in this universe. And people fought over this plant. Um, what this plant would do would connect people to the very essence of, of the planet that it was growing on. And the plant became a medium, much like ayahuasca or mushrooms, or peyote, to speak to the celestial mind so that one can intuit the greater processes of healing trauma that has been done amongst people. 
And there were those of the negative world that saw this healing plant where that it could be exposed to other beings for them to tell their truth and their stories so that they could be weaponized in a sense. And you made a choice to literally destroy all of these plants on our world. Is this making sense to you? Yes, a lot of sense. Um, a lot of sense. Because yeah. I'm on a, <clears throat> on a spiritual journey now and uh, I consider the I, I'm always, uh, I was always uh, obsessed with uh, plants and uh, studying about uh, therapies and plant therapies and uh, um, I'm also a, a Reiki um, second grade Reiki um, practitioner, uh, but I am uh, reading a lot for, I don't know, 20 years, 25, I'm studying only. Um, have, you, have, you ever used, stuff. have you ever used any mind-altering substances like cannabis or mushrooms or anything uh, to that just, effect? Uh, once this year, for the first time, I tried the uh, uh, cannabis, uh, man marijuana is the, sa the same with the cannabis, yes, I yes. think. Uh, sativa, yep. uh, yes. I'm sorry, I, I'm very, very okay. uh, nervous <laughs> right now. Okay. How, how did it affect you? Uh, it transported me um, instantly in another uh, world where I can see it um, enhanced my um, senses. Uh, um, I could see through the skin and uh, the, the organs and it was um, a very interesting journey. I could focalize uh, at my wish, um, inside the body, at a sub-molecular level, when I wanted to, or to go out, focus, and uh, <clears throat> uh, travel um, in a, some kind of a library. Um, it was um, where I could see the multidimensional self, I, I think. That's what I saw. Uh, at that time, uh, different realities, like a wheel around me, and I could choose the files from that wheel. Uh, for a second now, I'm thinking it uh, can be um, paralleled with the, your experience when you are reading Akashic Records. Uh, it was like uh, guides were talking to me and... Um, I could choose, I could uh, be the director of the experience in a way and uh, um, I could see myself in uh, different realities, uh, different parallel realities. Uh, also, I could find out about the person uh, that uh, uh, I was with because I was not alone at the moment, a lot of things. <laughs> Excuse me, okay. and uh, uh, it was, uh, I had documented the experience after that. Um, Here's something that I would like for you to do, yeah. is to find some seeds of a cannabis plant. Those are pretty easy to find. Yes, you know, I thought about that the other day. <laughs> and I want you to wear them around your neck. I want you to dream with these seeds and then eventually plant them. And anything that is grown from them is going to be your 
sacred plant that's going to teach you a tremendous amount. And I, I again, I look at you and I see these two processes that are trying to come together from because you tried to make two soul two soul incarnations simultaneously and one wasn't able to work, but you have such great connections to the plant people, to the plant community, to the spirits of the plants itself, that being able to function with the seed source is going to teach you greatly. And then being able to grow them, watch them then they grow, share your life force with them as they're growing, are going to connect you greater and greater and greater to those plants. I would also like for you to see if you can find a starter button of a type of... Uh, um, cactus called San Pedro as a variety of other ones these all have mind altering substances built within them and you growing them is vital for your current growing scenario now there are I would say 200 plant medicine teachers in your particular spirit aura right now in a sense trying to show me a direction in the Akashic record so that you could connect to this process even deeper in the nature of the seeds is one thing but there are other things that grow they're called tubers or potatoes and some tubers have a very powerful mystical energy um, when pulled out of the ground and held in the hand they can teach everything that's in the dirt to the human being that's holding them so they know how to fix the dirt if it needs more nitrogen or if it needs less nitrogen. Um, they will speak about what the ancestors of the lands are doing. In a sense, it's asking you to assemble the grandfathers and grandmothers' spirits and begin to plant them in your home and around your area so that these grandfathers and grandmothers can be manifest present, connected to a human being, in the physical world, in the dream world, so they can begin teaching you on a much greater scale about your bigger purpose as an animal and plant communicator. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> now I have an explanation why I am uh, very, I am obsessed uh, almost. Uh, I, I like very much uh, find, finding out uh, things about uh, plants. I also love plants and animals. I uh, possessed a lot of <laughs> animals and uh, plants throughout my life. Um, and it's true, I have a, a type of communication with, uh, with them. It's I know. And you need to take it to a whole new level. I thought you would uh, talk to me about Reiki because um, I uh, had at the time some uh, a sense of being... Um, uh, something like a healer of healers. I uh, want to bring Kathy in here to talk to you about Reiki, the modalities that you know, and moving into the future with more modalities. I think that her perspective of moving forward is going to greatly assist you on moving out of what I will simply say are, are very short baby steps into the long stride that every empowered woman needs to make. Okay. Hi, Amalia. So Hi, you are Kathy. doing some healing modalities now. One of them is Reiki. What What were the other ones? Uh, I am uh, only learning and I apply Reiki uh, on my son, on myself uh, and uh, the persons I feel uh, need help around me, but not uh, as a 
um, um, way of uh, living uh, paid, I mean. Right, <laughs> no? right. Yeah. Um, do you do any other healing modalities or this is the first one? Uh, um, I worked a little bit with the reconnective energy like uh, Eric Pearl. I don't know if you heard about him. Mm-hmm. Um, just this kind, but plants, mostly when my son gets cold or some, uh, <laughs> you know, mm. um, other type of uh, problem, uh, um, I always go to plants, of course. I mm. always, always um, uh, prefer to use uh, plant treatment. Uh, and uh, tea, herbal teas, um, combinations of teas um, for myself also for uh, I prefer to use uh, for example when uh, I have a toothache I prefer to put um, garlic uh, there uh, for uh, antibiotics and or his qua curative qualities uh, and basil and all kinds of stuff. I also love uh, essences and oils, essential oils. Mm -hmm. I use lavender and all type of oils for different uh, purposes. Okay, I'm um, asking you about what kind of healing modalities you have been doing because to me it looks like you actually, I would imagine a while ago already, even before you did Reiki, um, you have some sort of natural healing technique. Did you find when you were younger that you would naturally put your hand over an injury or someone else's injury? Not so I can remember, no, no. Because mm. to me it looks like you already have a lot of energy that, that you're channeling throughout your body um, that, co that comes through your hands. Um, and you're harnessing some, let's call it universal energy that is around you. Um, because you have such an affinity with herbs, I guess maybe it's easier to describe it as a universal earth healing kind of mother earth energy. Um, you would have found if you look back through your life that there's a lot of times where you have put your hands on people and yourself where you have instinctively known that you have this yes. energy that comes yes. out. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, you're just one of those wonderful open, let's call it a channel for the lack of a better word, um, of this type of energy. Not many people can harness this, um, I'm going to call it universal earth energy, to, to put a name on it, because I don't really recognize this as a, uh, a healing modality or an energy that people access much. I don't think there is a name for it. If there is a name for it, I don't know what it is. But let's call it the healing earth energy to make it simple for this conversation. Yeah. What One of the things that I would like you to try as an experiment just to see, um, so you can see it physically see um, a difference is I want you to take some plants, like pot plants, um, like even just herbs. I would like you to do at, at least three plants that are healthy and growing, but don't have to be old. They can be young, they can be seedlings. And I want you to get another three that are dying or you think there is no hope, um, you know, yeah. uh, they're brown, etc. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to, to tend to both groups. I mean, keep them separate so you know which ones they are. And I want you to use this, let's call it earth healing energy on these pot plants 
every day for whatever time that you feel is right for them. And it can be as simple as you just put your hands on the pots that they're in. Or intentional imagining, yes. Yes. And I want you to feel that energy as you go through. I want you to see the difference between what happens with the live plant, the, the energy that you feel in your hands, and what happens with plants that are dying. So that's the first thing I want you to notice. The second thing I want you to notice also is the growth, how they grow. Do they grow faster or slower than normal? All those kind of things. I mean, of course, water them as usual. Don't not water them. <laughs> um, the same conditions, yes. external conditions for growth. Yes, yes. yes. As, you, as if they were but just for normal compar plants. Comparison, for yes. yes. To learn to diagnose, to feel. Yes. yes. And then within a month, I'm sure that you will be able to distinguish the energy from the, the, the thriving ones to the ones that were supposedly dying. What you see, the physical changes in, in them will be quite amazing for you because you're familiar with plants. And just to be able to witness it will be all the validation that you need that you do, in fact, have this energy coursing through you. And I know if you do this, you'll probably say, oh, but maybe it's the Reiki and, and whatnot. Again, for the purpose of just experiment, find someone that already has Reiki and get them to Reiki under the same conditions as well so that you can do a comparison so that you know it is indeed something different in your hands or not different, you know. We will see after the month. But when you see that there is quite a difference, what it will do is it will motivate you to learn more about this energy that you have. Because when I look at what you have, what you can access, to me, it is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. And this is something you really need to share with the world. And when I say share with the world, I don't mean like the six people that you know that you can talk about this with. I mean, share it. So I want you to document what you're doing. I want you to document your journey of where this is taking you. Because later on, you will use this in a book that you will write. Yes, I, I, I really think I need to write a book sometime now. procrastinating. If you use this method and you do it as an experiment and you're documenting it and you're writing about it, it will give you the motivation you need because it's proof positive something's there. You can see what's going on. You can have pictures of what's going on and your thought processes at the time, you're wondering what's going on, is it, isn't, is it, isn't, you know, and it's a dilemma that many people face. So when you have finished this and you start to write about it, you will find that it is incredible how many people want to read what you have because you're not alone. Other people would like to know your journey and they also would like to learn about what this is. So yes. the more that you document it, the more people can understand it. Because sometimes words alone, people think, oh, yeah, it sounds very good, but is that true? But you've got pictures, you know, of, of sort of things that you're doing. It really makes a big difference for people, and they can truly start to understand because so many people these days are very visual. They're visual learners. They need to see things to learn. They need to see things to believe. So when you can do this, then you can understand what you can do with healing in terms of animals, people, I mean, I could say insects, but 
I suppose most people would not spend time <laughs> insects. But, you know, if you were in a silk farm and you had worms that needed yeah. healing, you know, so there are so many places that you can apply this type of formula, this type of um, method, that it's really important that you start to document it for yourself. And one of the things that you really need to also learn is you need to have more confidence in what you do. Because when I look at what's going on around you and you trying to explain things to people or actually in, in the end not explain it to people, this is all about confidence and it's about um, delivery, the way you say things. So, for example, um, I'm just going to make this up, okay? This is going to okay. be an extreme example so you can see. If, if I said to you, oh... You know, that's really interesting. What are you doing with those plants? You might say to me, well, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow them. But, you know, at the moment, then you listen, right? Rather than say, it's an experiment. I'm going to see if I can channel the universal earth energy and see if they will grow and they will have 17 more leaves than this plant. You see what I mean? Yes, you're right. Yes, and you are very right. I um recognize myself now I am, I am also healing myself on uh, my uh, uh, using uh, spirituality and psychology and uh, I am in a point of in my life when where um, I recognize that I lack uh, confidence and uh, I um, seem to think that uh, I have nothing interesting to say or nothing uh, worth I think, hearing. I think uh, a lot of this, though, is not that you started out believing that. It's that no. people around you have helped you believe that. Yes, I um, am in a kind of toxic, let's say, toxic relationship uh, for 20-something years. <laughs> Okay, Amelia, hang on and I'll get back to you straight after these messages. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. If you'd like to learn more about Andrew, please check out his website, which is andrewbartzis.com. If you'd like to learn more about me, please check out my website, which is kathyspearlsofwisdom.com. That's Kathy with a K. And for those of you who are interested in a private session and that want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, please go ahead and contact Tanok at tanok at galactichistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at galactichistorian.com. Amalia, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here, Kathy. Good, good. Thank you for waiting. Now, Thank we were you. just about to talk about um, your self-esteem and confidence, and you were mentioning that you had a toxic relationship. Yes, uh, I consider it karmic relationship for uh, some time, but um, now in, uh, I don't know, for... Uh, Six years, <laughs> I consider mm. it <laughs> a little yeah. bit toxic. Well, you know, one of the things that we were just starting to broach on was, you know, you are a product of what has been going on for you. You didn't start off, you weren't born with this, let's call it, um, lower self-esteem or confidence. A lot of things that, that have happened to you in your life 
have formed to what you've become now. Why I, I bring up that you need to start to become a bit more self-confident um, isn't just reflected from your own uh, relationship, uh, personal relationship, romantic relationship, things like this. Um, certainly you have been attracting relationships that are not entirely positive for you. One of the reasons that you find that you stay in these kind of relationships is because you have now come to a point where you start to believe that this is all you're worthy of. And I'm going to tell you, this is not all you're worthy of. You are worthy of so much more. You are worthy of pure love. You are worthy of 100% effort, positive, absolutely wrap your arms around you, emotional love. And this is something that you have to come to terms with because when you can accept that you are worthy of it, you will then start to attract it. But while you still believe that you are not and this is all you can have, you will stay in this. You really yeah. need to get to a point where you go back to the basics. Every morning you wake up, you look in that mirror, you see yourself and you tell yourself you are worthy of love. You're worthy of pure love. You're worthy of someone loving you unconditionally and that wants to be with you in a positive, loving relationship. You say that to yourself every time you see yourself in the mirror. And you don't have to say it out loud, you know, people are around and it's not convenient, you know, just fiddle with your hair and say it to yourself. No, I you know. know. I use the, also um, uh, Louise Hayes' affirmations and uh, now I'm past that and I'm okay. I'm uh, using a lot of processes from T.L. Swan. I don't know if you... I think Andrew had uh, an interview with her and... Uh, um, I uh, I love her. Um, I, I can see that you've been doing a lot of stuff, but I want you to go back to the basics because I know your logical mind understands this, but the emotional you is not listening. You have to shake yourself. Literally, if you have to stand up on the mirror and slap yourself, slap yourself and say it. Make yourself believe it because you are not believing it. If you can't believe it, how can you expect anyone else to believe it? That's you true. Know? <laughs> you are, I am telling you, you are worthy. <laughs> so you must believe me. <laughs> I know, that's what I, uh, this is what I believe about uh, all humans, in fact. And uh, not, not only humans, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you, you need to yes. get back to the basics. When you can really, truly believe that, then I want you to start writing your list of what you want to attract in your life. You know, and if it's a loving relationship, then start writing your list. What does that look like to you? Even if your list can only be what you don't want, write that down first and start there. Because until you are clear what you are trying to attract, how will the universe give it to you? How will that person know you're looking for them? You know, you are a very, very powerful person. Your energy is really high vibe. So you can do it. You just have to believe it, truly believe it. I understand. I also have a son, uh, Theodore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, his birthday is coming on uh, August 17th now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, two days from now, he's seven years old. He'll be on 17. And... Um, I was uh, thinking that uh, maybe he's uh, 
from his birth uh, point, I thought maybe he is a stream of my soul because he's very much uh, like me uh, psychologically and uh, almost and physically too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, uh, when I look at the energy of your son, I would say that really he's coming up for a little bit of a hard time at the moment. A lot yes. of things are going to happen for him that really, you know, as a parent, you think, oh, why, why, why? But let me tell you, 12 months from now, you will look back and you will understand why. You know, have confidence and have trust in whatever is going to happen. There really is a positive reason for it. You won't be able to see it for a little while, but when you see it, you will understand everything. So have confidence, even though things might seem a bit down. Yes, they are down <laughs> for yeah. some time yeah. now, and I'm trying to decide whether to to leave uh, this relationship uh, because it is uh, the relationship with his father. He's on different uh, spiritual growth uh, uh, paths. Uh, he doesn't want to grow spiritually, <laughs> basically. Mm. This <laughs> and, is um, sorry. Am, this is your your your. Uh, the, your son's father doesn't want to grow spiritually, is that what you mean? Yes, uh, he, he does not uh, believe spirituality really exists and uh, uh, he considers it something for the crazy people. Mm. <laughs> and I am you know, all about that for 25 years. I, I only read uh, about this and uh, I... Uh, you, you need to really sort of cut this up into two different sections. What one person believes in and doesn't believe in is very particular to them. You can't compel someone to go on the same journey as you. If it's in his journey to have spiritual growth, he will reach it himself. It doesn't matter if he believes it or That's if true. you believe it. It's his own journey. When you look at these are not facts that you you should be bringing into decide the future. What you need to be looking at is, is this relationship positive for you? Because there are things that really make a difference in a relationship. I know this isn't 100% what you wanted to hear, but you just really think about the those words I've said, because those are the decision factors that you should be looking at. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling, Amelia. I'd love to talk about callers waiting for us. Okay, thank you very much, Andrew and Kathy, and uh, hope to hear from you again. Yes, <laughs> so, well, definitely in a, like three months, please contact us and let us know how the experiment went. Yes, <clears throat> and you wear those seeds around your neck and start okay. planting as I much as you can. I try to find them first. You can plant other seeds. You can plant other seeds too. Anything that you can consume, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, oregano, anything you can grow in your house that you can start from seed, that you can put your spirit into. I understand. All right, I darling, understand you have that. a... Great day, and you have a huge, Thank you very huge much. world in front of you. <laughs> you too. Thank you very much. Heidi, you have a great day. Goodbye. Ka Kathy, we get some special callers. I know. Oh, 
her energy is just wow off the charts <laughs> i want a healing <laughs> exactly when i when i first connected into her and I'm, I'm looking at all the different plant teachers that were there and i'm like how do i describe to this person what what they've come with in spiritual contracts mm-hmm. and i saw that she's on the healing path and, and i saw the relationships and when i passed it over to you about the self-empowerment and it really came up about how the relationship is causing negativity in our life. And both you and I and on, on our Charting the Course show talked about relationships and how having somebody in your relationship who isn't spiritual, who isn't following your own path, can create a disharmony and a disresonance. Mm, mm, that's so true. I mean, from all aspects, but also getting to a point where you have to understand you and that person are separate entities so you cannot um always look at some person thinking they're affecting you it's how are you containing yourself and managing to still stay within a relationship with no shame blame or guilt exactly and the other side about being a spiritual person and having someone in a relationship who isn't we cannot step on their journey we cannot judge their journey even if they're doing that to us Mm, that's so true. So true. As long as long as we are entangled that way, we are still a part of the distraction process that's keeping away from our inner selves. Mm. Those people do serve a purpose. They are an anchor for the reality, so that you can manifest your spiritual spirit world. That's so true. That is very very true. I love the way you use it as an anchor. That's a very good analogy. Yes. So let's move on to our next caller. 530, your name and where you're calling from? Hi. My name is Nicoletta, and I live in Lake Tahoe, California. Hello, Nicoletta from Lake Tahoe, California. How did you find out about the show? Well, wow. Um, I'm actually kind of blown away that I got on today because um, I've been trying to get on for probably four or five months. Um a girlfriend of mine tunes me in to you, and um, I've just been following all along, and I'm just, I'm, I can't believe I got really teary when you started talking about the plant medicine because um, I do ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of ceremonies, and so it's so synchronistic in with your last caller, I'm just, I'm, I'm just like so honored that I get to speak and connect with both of you today and just everybody listening to just well, share. Thank you very much. I'll let you on a little something in the, in the previous call and the rest of the audience. During my ceremony yesterday, I connected into every plant medicine that I've ever used in my entire history as a human being. Not just this mm-hmm. lifetime, in every past lifetime and every future lifetime. And I, I hadn't done that in a very, very long time. And when mm-hmm. I did, I encountered, let's just say, the community of plant teachers waiting mm-hmm. to come into being. Um, one of the things I talk about is the extinction process, where there are beings in extinction inside Hollow Earth waiting for us to create anchorage so that they can come out of extinction and once again manifest in light. And this is where I began to understand that those plant teachers that are in ayahuasca are now coming into physical bodies, are being born Mm -hmm. into human beings, into dogs, into cats, into other plants 
in things that haven't been in our creation for millions of years. And the more we hold the Akashic Record frequency for the truth of what those plant beings are, those medicine teachers that live in the extra dimensions and the ultra dimensions that we connect to when we use those substances that activate our pineal gland to remind us that we are more than we've heard, read, or studied, that in that mystical power of that embedded plant medicine within us, we can achieve the mystical in this moment of now. Mm. So what are the questions you like to ask? Well, um, you know, so I do a lot of ceremony. Um, I'm very, very, very connected to ayahuasca. Um, I go attend to go very deep um, and been on this path and journey for a number of years now. And um, so I'm very empathic and my psychic abilities have really increased. Um, I'm a body worker. I do a lot of cranial cycle on people, a lot of breath work. I'm a breath worker and an artist. And so I'm a really feeling, I feel everything. I feel, I feel everybody's stuff and and I take on um, I've been doing this since I came out of the womb and um, I think I got through it as a child just um, I was a swimmer and I think I just swam through it all mm-hmm. and then I started to feel it all intensely as you know I started to you know grow and um, so I take on I tend to take on a lot and, and my last um, plant medicine ceremony she brought me to the beginning of time and literally had me feel the pain and the suffering of, you know, the world. And so I feel that a lot. I feel, um, and I have may, a lot may of, I ask, may, may yeah. I ask a, a little bit of an intimate question? Sure. Are you sure that it was the beginning of human time or universe? No, I, no, no, I think, no, I think it was the beginning of, plant medicine time. I don't know. I was in it's, India. It's, a, it's, it's very important that you understand what that message was, because if it's the beginning of plant medicine time, that means you were one of the original plant medicine teachers in another energetic form, and that you've taken on human form, and have been trying to create anchorage for the other plant medicine beings to come and get, create anchorage here. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like to me. So you've been doing cranial sacral. Um, what level of cranial mm-hmm. sacral are you at? Um, well, I went through a complete training um, with a, a teacher um, using the Milm um, schooling. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of increased to a, a place where it's kind of my, it's, it's cranial sacral, but it's my own. I kind of bring in all of my own work. Most, just most, so most. Yeah, most people who get advanced cranial sacral have several modalities that they bring in. Yeah, so I don't, I just bring in what what I'm tuned into, like guides, spirits, ayahuasca will all come in. And literally, as I'm doing it on people, I um, can feel my brain shifting as their brain is shifting. Like, I can feel everything that is happening in their body. Um, have you ever done a cranial sacral treatment on anyone that's in alter, using altered substances? Um, you mean actually on it? Actually, let's say somebody is on cannabis or something else and you do your cranial sacral while they're doing that. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I've done, I've done clients that have come back from doing ayahuasca journeys, um, and I could feel it, but, um, no, I don't, 
I don't think so. Put it in potential. Okay. Like the previous caller, it's an experiment for the mm -hmm. next level of you to step forward. Um, like the previous caller, I have um, a bit of a dilemma on what to speak about additional plant medicines. Um, some time ago, I had a, a gentleman come to me from, let's just say, South Africa that's very big into the aboga community. And he and I had a many hour long conversation about the very nature of plant medicine and how it's being used and misused all throughout the world. And that there are other plant medicines that many of the teachers want to bring forward, but are at a state where they simply cannot do it because there's not enough people that will have the next layer of respect for the healing that's going to be going on, which involves people using substances that create the altered mind effect. So the healer can put their hands on the body and begin to facilitate and help the person focus on the facilitation process. Um, much like when ayahuasca gets you into the deep purging, there are other mind-altering substances separate of ayahuasca that when used in the healing scenario will heal heroin addiction, will heal all of the worst addictions and phobias that are out there, even to the point where those that we would call completely less-than-human beasts, the ones that do the worst of the worst, even they can be healed. And are there healers in this world willing to touch the body of a beast who's desiring healing to be freed? Does that make sense mm -hmm. to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, uh, after this last ceremony, I, um, I, tend to, I tend to actually do, see, um, I tend to do better in that world than I do in this world. And so I can see a lot that is going on in the ceremony. And um, so I, I tend to come out quick. And there were a couple of people, there was a woman that had like a migraine and I just was drawn to her. So I got up and put my hands on her and I, and I had this vision like, whoa, maybe, maybe this is, you know, part of my purpose of being it in is. ceremony. And, it yeah. is. It's being the healer in the ceremony, the facilitator in the ceremony who has done enough plant medicine in their lifetime to know there are certain others that need the comforting hand upon an energy point in their body so that they don't go into adrenal gland fear. Mm. What happens when an ayahuasca, when you're in fear, what does she do? Oh, you, you're in pain. Okay. Why is there pain yeah, I, associated with fear in ayahuasca? Um, why is there pain associated with fear? Uh, because the body shut down. Okay. And when the body shuts down and the mind can't deal with it, what happens? Um... I, 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 me personally, I tend to yes. go into more fear and it just, I just. It compounds. Um, it compounds yeah, and just, gets worse. It's, it's trauma. It's, this it's is trauma. where the healer mm -hmm. in this scenario can step forward and help body come out of the state of shock mm -hmm. and allow more of the higher soul in to process more of the plant medicine that creates a deeper soul purging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's embracing it. It's just embracing the all of it together. Like the last ceremony was what I the fear started to come on, and the first thing I I did was 
she had brought me to the same place. It was the fourth time, and I was in the belly of the serpent, and I thought, I'm not going to be afraid this that, time. That, that is our music. Hold on, darling, and when we come back, we'll okay. finish talking about this. Okay. And welcome back, everyone. Nicolette, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. So I have a question now for you, and I'm going to do what's called building one degree of separation for you. Um, as uh, in the break, I was scanning deeper into the Akashic record of what you're doing in your actual medicine journeys. And the mother, we'll simply call it that for this expression, and the serpents that are around the mother. And these serpents are beings of goodness and creation and hyper-creation. And they have planted thousands and thousands of seeds inside your auric field, waiting for these moments that these seeds can be born into, let's just call them, half snake, half plants. Have you had any visions about these half snake, half plants? Oh, yeah, I, I have a lot of visions. Um, I have a lot of visions. Like I said, I'm, I'm an artist also. And um, so when I go into medicine, um, I'm, I'm, I see the snakes. I'm in the snakes. I'm in the serpent. I, the first you're, time in, I, you're, in, you're in the embrace of the serpent. Yeah, I literally was in the belly of the serpent yes. riding, riding along. Um, it was very painful. Um, and I had seen it. It was the fourth time I had seen it, but this time I, I chose to, to ask differently and ask her why you brought me here and where am I? And um, once I realized where I was, I decided to embrace embrace the pain and the sadness and the sorrow because it was all, it, it just ha- had all become one into joy, sorrow, sadness. And I, it was a magnificent cleanse like I just sat up and when I got through it I I, <clears throat> I just wept because I it was like I had went through you know the canal or you know the truth I had like found I call the that truth. the eye the eye of recreation mm-hmm. what you had purged from you in that moment was every time you were a shaman a wizard a sorcerer a practicer of exoterica in which your species, your race, your local community had been wiped out by something else that believed it was better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's every expression of every original peoples that had been conquered by another original peoples. For every time the storytellers that kept the history of our of the local peoples solid in the mind of the people for every ancient storyteller and shaman that died without passing on their knowledge or wisdom, you then purged out of your life force so that you once again can reconnect to that infinite force who knows we must be aware of our colloquial noun language, who knows we must teach the stories to our people, who knows all of those words, who must stand in the next state as the storyteller the wisdom you've learned from inside the journeys needs to now be translated into some form of format that can be brought to people. You are a medium to the plant community. 
At one point, you were a plant being, just as if you were in ayahuasca and meat beings or any other form of altered substance, and you see those extra-dimensional beings. You were one. And now that you're here as the anchor frequency for all of those other beingness, isms, wasas, and all other beings, to facilitate their process means to use the medicine for the purging. Then there's the next state where you ask the medicine to assist you in creating the vision that manifests directly for the healing of the people. What rituals are in your spiritual knowingness? What is it that you know in your DNA record from every shaman you have ever been in every lifetime? What blade of grass do we not know of that is just as powerful of ayahuasca that has been forgotten by our people? This isn't about scouring the Amazon or looking in the tiniest cracks of the world for something that hasn't been around. It's about creating the life force within yourself so that it can naturally emanate back into this process of the world where the mystical of the plant community can manifest direct in front of you. Yeah. That is, a that. Mantle, that is a mantle of responsibility. And that is why ayahuasca has treated you in the process that you're going through right now. It wants to know, are you ready for the mantle of responsibility to return to the path of the stars, the great path of the great journey that's going to lead you to what's called the forge of life, where in your shamanic medicine journey, you're going to discover a solar system in which the great plant beings forge life. They forge DNA wisdom. They form and forge the very flesh that we use. And you're going to take a journey there, and you're going to meet all of the plant medicine beings who've passed on from our world and left their history to the colloquial now teachers, the shamans. And on that journey, you're going to rediscover thousands of plant beings who still live on the surface of our world and are going to ask you to become their medium to the future so their seven future generations can now exist mm -hmm. wow that's beautiful it's powerful and like you said it is a big responsibility it's 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 big it's really big so now i have a little little minor question about building your one degree of separation mm -hmm. so this friend that passed on the material our material what was it about it that triggered you to say, I, I must call and speak to us? Um, you mean, why, why am I calling today? And why am what I was it in that moment that you heard the first connection to us that said, I need to speak to these people? Oh, um, I think, well, I think listening to you, there's, there's just there's so much truth, you know, um, if I if I miss a show, which I I, I do, um, I I was just drawn to it galactically, you know, just on, on a whole nother level of you know a deep knowingness within me. And um, and my girlfriend was like, you gotta listen to this guy, you know. Um, and she 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 actually brought me into the plant medicine. So so it was her that brought me you know to you. To, and so every time I connect in. Every single time I connect in, I'm like, what am I going to learn about myself today? So it's, it's, it's really, we're all, we're all 
one. You know, we're all doing it. So no matter what the story is, no matter who the caller is on the on the phone, I I'm connect. I I feel a connection to them. You feel a connection to them. That's that's yeah. beautiful. When how do I put this? When I wrote the contract revocations, and I knew that it was going to deeply affect the world, um, I put them out for free, like like I knew I always going to. And then I discovered that people that were doing their own ayahuasca ceremonies in Australia, quite quite a number of them, they'd have you know thirty forty people every weekend, four weekends a month, and then this group split into two, split into three, and then it went to London and into America, until finally the contract revocations are being read about uh, ayahuasca ceremonies all over the world, iboga ceremonies all over the world. I spoke to a gentleman in South Africa who uses the contract revocations, and he's a, a native there, and has found a whole new level of shamanic realization. Mm. Okay. Have you been mm-hmm. able to use the contract revocations? You know, I have. I have. And I, um, I haven't read them in a while. I did, did them about four months ago. I made, I was doing the, I made the brew. I, uh, yeah, I was really, and, and as of late in the last week, I thought, wow, I thought, wow, I really need to go back there and, and clear and, 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 and connect again to that, to the, to the energy of the revocations for sure. Um, this is where I want to bring Kathy in about a woman helping you from a woman's perspective to reconnect to your roots. And there is some, let's just call it sensual, sexual issues that are subtly preventing you from going to the next level. And this is mm-hmm. truly about woman empowerment, letting go of the man. And Kathy is going to present to you a perspective that will help you and many others back to that state of re-empowerment of the original rooted woman. Okay. Hi, Nicoletta. Hello, Kathy. I really was fascinated to listen to everything you had with Andrew. That was, <laughs> wow, blew me away. When I look at your energy, I think that you've got so much going on. It's really hard to um, almost define or separate things. Have you been like really hectically busy lately? I'm always hectically busy. <laughs> I, I I have a lot. I I. I'm really trying to simplify, but I have, um, I've raised two teenage daughters. Um, I work a lot. I work on a lot of people. I'm an artist. I mean, I've had to cut a lot out. So I'm always hectically busy. Yes. Okay. I wonder it's hard to to cut things up a bit there. Mm -hmm. Would you say that um, at the moment you're quite satisfied or happy with the way things are for you I mean and by that I mean are you content you know I I'm actually in a place right now where I'm not I'm um, it seems like I I feel like I've been on this hamster wheel you know and, and you know as much work as I do on myself and ceremony and it's just, it feels like I'm always, always working on myself. And um, I'm really, I, it's like there's something that needs to release that still hasn't released out of me. Um, and you would think that 
you know, um, with, with, like I said, with all the medicine I've been doing and, um, and I dabbled in a little bit of toad medicine to really try to release, um, there's still something that needs to release out of me. Definitely. Mm. And it's like stuck in my, I don't know if it's like stuck in my spine. I don't know if it's stuck in my, in my sacrum. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like, it's something that needs to come back, that I need to let go. And I keep Mm. trying to let go and trying to let go. And I'm, I'm constantly, constantly have my feet in the dirt and, you know, um, and using tools. Right. Right. I I guess, what what I'm kind of getting around trying to see through all this busyness is, you know, in a way, what's going on with the core you. I mean, I, I look at your energy and you have so much going on. And you have a lot of people in your life. Um, you, to a certain degree, are fulfilled with things that you're doing. You're constantly seeking new things to do. But it, it seems to me that there's not necessarily a lot of happiness, contentment that's associated with all this. And I, I don't want to, I'm not saying that there is, it, that you're unhappy. It's just that when you have this much going on, this much um, busyness, I guess, I would expect a lit, little bit more happiness over the small things or joy, which I'm really not seeing. So I'm kind of trying to work out, you know, stream through it all to see where all this core thing is coming from. I mean, the first thing I would say I see is that one of the things I think you keep so busy um, is because you're kind of avoiding looking at what's going on for you. I know that sounds kind of a little bit vague, um, but I'm trying to think of a good way to put it. It's like you've got so much going on. In theory, you should be a lot happier and more content than you are. I, I'm kind of looking down further within you and it's almost like because you don't have that um, enough of that happiness, enough of that contentment, you are becoming busy and filling your life with more things so that you almost don't see it, you almost don't notice it. But deep inside you, you feel that little bit something missing but you can't really define what it is. Um, you know, I, I do see this, um, I'm not going to say often, but I do see this within people and uh, it's it's almost like if you keep very busy, no one will see you and if no one sees you, they won't question what you're doing and by question what you're doing, it's not like, what are you doing? It's more like, well, I don't understand. Why aren't you happier? You've got all this going for you. Why aren't you stopping to smell the coffee? Um, I mean, I know you've got, you just said you had two teenage kids, so, you know, it, life is hectic. But at the same time, you're doing all this stuff, you're um, helping all these people, helping all these um, earth things, but you're almost avoiding yourself. And to me, when I look at this, this is doing yourself a disservice because if you do not spend more time for you, for looking after yourself, for taking time for yourself, for finding things that make you happy, even if they seem ridiculous to you, you will have trouble as you keep going further because you will always have this sense of unfulfillment. Um, And at the end of the day, you are an amazing person. You're an amazing healer. If you even look at this logically, why would you not spend time to do more for yourself? 
because if you can make more for yourself, you have more to give others. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a, about a responsibility thing. I, I think it's because I, I have kids and I, I'm working so much. And actually, in the last couple of weeks, um, they're both not here, so I've got, I've got a few weeks. So you know, I've been going to the hot springs. I've been hiking every day. I've been jumping in the lake. I've been. I, you know, I get I got get a lot of peace and meditation, uh, a lot of peace and gratitude, and you know, find a lot of um, joy in in meditation. It's it's really hard for me to go out and be like everybody else. Um, and it, it's not it, so it, much be like everybody else, though, is it? It's just actually the enjoyment, the actual enjoyment. The feeling of enjoyment makes you feel a bit guilty because you're not doing something else. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have not been connecting um, with my with my people like I used to, um, and I think it's just I think I've just been going in a lot, and so you know, so I've been doing a lot of like I said, a lot of hiking and a lot of um, getting in the water and clearing myself it's almost like it's a job I think that's because I feel so empathic and I feel so much that I think I try to avoid large crowds and people so I go off into nature and and try to and try to soothe myself I think that way mm-hmm. but I get what you're saying I get I totally hear you and Actually, I was thinking about it yesterday when I was on my hike. I'm like, what am I avoiding? I even I actually said that as I because I went, I kept going, I kept going on this hike, I kept going and going and going, and I thought I have to turn around and go back. So I was like, what am I avoiding? So I definitely, definitely felt that, you know. Yeah. What about this? What about we we try something? Well, you try something. I'll think of you while you try it. Okay. Let's just try some simple enjoyments of life for you. Okay. And the reason I want you to try the simple ones is because maybe once you try the simple ones, you'll get enthused to try a bit more complex ones. Okay. So think of it like this. Every week, I want you to go out somewhere to eat that you would consider sinful, like decadent. And by that, I don't mean in terms of money. I mean in terms of, oh, I don't think I should eat that because it's not good for me. Uh, that that would be, ooh, you know, and I'm, I'll make an example. It's like, oh, can I have that whole baked brie? I mean, I shouldn't have the whole baked brie. Maybe I could have a slice and I'll share the rest. But no, eat the whole baked brie. <laughs> okay. I want you to think about things like this. I want you to take the simple pleasures for you and only for you I mean, other people can come. That's not a problem. But I want you to take that moment for yourself. Because if you can find something that you just do for you every week, you, that happiness level, will start to fill up. And you'll understand more of what I'm trying to say in in the sense of you will feel it. When you feel that happiness bubble inside you, and it keeps bubbling inside you on a regular level, you'll want more. But at the moment, you just can't remember what it feels like because it's like a soda that's gassing up and you're like, "Ooh!" <laughs> you know, that's what I want. So try the simple things like food first, 
And it's the things that you know that you are strict with yourself about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can see on a sensory level that food is very meaningful to you and it really heightens all your senses and your brain, it goes crazy, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. think of it as just a little thing that you must do for yourself every week. And after a few months, you will see that you won't be able to stop trying to find things to fill up that happiness bubbling inside you. Mm, okay. Right. And remember also that spirit is not a job. You know, this is also what you've just said. But it is for you now. Things like service to other people are absolutely awesome and commendable. But there is such a thing as too much being in service for other Thank people. You. Think of it also as me time. I mean, for many people, me time is having a bath with no one there. For you, it's not doing something for others. That's your me time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge. Don't get me wrong. The way I say it, it's going to sound real easy, but it's going to be a challenge to do it. For you, it's going to be a big challenge. For some people, no challenge at all. And the okay. reason it's a challenge is because of the amount of ayahuasca that you've done. Mm. You've reached a point where the easy stuff is done. And it's asking you to be of greater service. And you've been of so much service for so long, you have lost exactly what Kathy is saying. The thirst for your own life. You have to have mm-hmm. that spice in your own life. Really at a higher state of being than you are right now. So that the next message of the plant medicine can come through. And I was saying before that there are some sensual and sexual energy scenarios going around that you have to take care of. You need human touch. You also need male human touch in your life. That doesn't mean to go deep into it. How has your relationships been lately? Well, it was interesting because um, I had this giant uh, release from the past of all my past boyfriends, lovers, ex like I just literally in the last two weeks saw my ex husband, um, had contacts. They all called me. It's like the same week and I was like, Whoa, I'm releasing something and then um at the same time that same week I I met about five so interesting, five or six different men and they like all of their energy came in and um it was is brilliant. Like I, I just, like I kind of just like lit up like a Christmas tree, especially one particular guy in Austin that, um, was on, it, our vibration is just like really not. So like spiritually I was feeling very filled up, but you know, he's far away, but then the sense of like fear came over me and I'm, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's like stepping back out again. So that's, put it that's this way. Much- the plant mm-hmm. community is asking you of be, to be of service to yourself so that you can get back to the enjoyment of sensual touch and then back into sexual touching with yourself mm-hmm. and with those that you choose to make a part of that sacred energy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Ayahuasca yeah. is one experience, experience. There are a variety of other plant medicines that aid in that process of sensuality, which is totally separate of sexuality, and another plant medicine that deals with sexual scenarios. And your thing is, you have 
cut it out of your life. And I will use that term, cut it out of your life, because of the traumas you previously experienced. And whatever attempts you had to bring it back into your life was missing some of those vital connections to the synaptic patterns that were you that trigger the spiritual side of your kundalini to be a part of your cellular structures. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really a time where the term ecstasy, not with the sexual reference, needs to be back into your physical body. The sensual ecstasy. There are certain times when you're on altered substances where a single touch triggers the body into an ecstatic release of euphoria. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to do that without the plant medicine. To once again be able to touch your body in the right place, have that ecstaticness of the joy of touch without sexuality behind it. There are some, everyone has sexual programs, everyone. And there's no need to purge every single one of them from your body. And I think that's kind of what happened. You've purged a little too much. And you need to go back into the void and bring back some of those ecstatic processes you can make a part of yourself once again.